Welcome to episode number 58 of the Web 2.0 Show. I'm your host, Adam Stachowiak. We talk with Ethan Dunham of FontSquirrel.com. Enjoy the show. We're sitting here with Ethan Dunham of FontSquirrel.com. Uh, Ethan, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and the kind of work you're doing at FontSquirrel. Okay. Um, I actually started FontSquirrel um, almost a year ago. Um, and this is after having spent, I don't know, 15 years making fonts myself. Um, I'm actually the guy behind fonthead.com and have been making fonts for a while. Um, and last year I, I actually received a book that had some of my fonts in it, some of my free fonts that was kind of showcasing some of the best fonts that the particular author could find that were free. And, uh, I, that kind of sparked an interest in me. I was started thinking about the fact that there are no um, free font sites that really focus on quality. What they focus on is quantity. You know, there's yeah. tons of them that have 10,000 fonts, but you have to wade through them. And so um, I decided to try to make one that I didn't care about how many there were. They were just going to be good ones. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So the likes might have been uh, like the font and a couple others where it's just about quantity. Kind of a, even a bad web user experience too, right? The search process and just yeah, exactly. a gaudy interface. <clears throat> awesome. Yeah, and not, not only that, but um, as a designer, I do a lot of web design myself. As a designer, you come across fonts that maybe you want to use and then you find out that the license says, sorry, you – have to pay for this because it's only free for personal use. Right. And so that was the other criteria that the font kind of had to, the license had to allow the user to use it for whatever they wanted to, really. Right. So, um, and I think that's kind of hit a nerve with people. <laughs> yeah, that's certainly been, uh, actually, how I got stumbled onto Font Squirrel was a good friend of mine, Win Netherland, he actually blogged about. Uh, using your uh, your at font face uh, kits, and I thought it was sure. really cool. So maybe this might be a good spot to intro into a little bit more about what Font Squirrel is, and I'll let you tell that story. Okay. So um, after I, you know, the site's been running for a while. Um, this whole font face thing has kind of become the issue in 2009, especially with Typekit announcing and um, and a lot of the browsers now supporting it. Um, I thought, well, this is a perfect opportunity to, um, ex- you know, kind of make the site better. And right. so I've kind of been developing the t- backend technology to write the CSS and generate the fonts. Um, and that's been pretty, pretty, um, popular as well. Um, it's, I'm still working on it. Um, Okay, so how old is uh, Font Squirrel then? Because, I, like I said, I'm kind of new to it. Sure. And I hadn't really heard much buzz about it from before, so it's it's almost as if you started, like, last week <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't have anywhere near uh, DaFont traffic yet, um, but we started in January of 2009, so it's been almost a year. Um and, you know, our traffic is getting more and more as people hear about us. We get quite a bit of good buzz, um, but uh, there is a lot of competition in the free font space. Yeah, there is. There, there definitely is. So is uh, how many fonts do you have right now on, on site? 
Uh, you had to ask me that. I think it's around 700. 700, okay. And uh, is there any plans to, say, branch out and work with uh, blogs like I Love Typography or maybe do some collaborative work with Veer and offer some of their fonts they have on their site that uh, that could be used for embedded in the web? Any, any thoughts on stuff like that and branching out? Um, yeah, we do have some ideas about that. Um, I, Tim Brown, who is the author of Nice um, <laughs> Nice Web Type, <laughs> that's what you said, right? Nice Web Type. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> font family, <laughs> font face, typography, whatever. Tim Brown. Well, actually, him, Tim and Paul Irish, who I, probably many of your listeners may have heard about, because he's kind of been on the forefront on developing the syntax for writing the CSS. He has a blog article about, I think he calls it the bulletproof font face syntax. And uh, so we've been collaborating actually on a lot of things, um, trying to nail down um, what are the best practices for font face. Um, it's, it's new to everybody, including myself. And, Especially with the cross browser cross platform rendering issues, there's there's definitely some things that seem to work better than others. <laughs> yeah, I noticed your blog post on the issues that were happening with our typical culprit, which is IE, um, with how right. the the font face generator that you have, which we haven't talked about really yet, right. how it's generating the the fonts for IE, or that what is it, a true type font that gets rendered for that. For IE, they require a special format called EOT, which stands for Embedded Open Type. And EOT is it's a true type font, compressed, and has some things wrapped around it. Um, now, I think that the version that I am distributing is not compressed. I guess I have to back up. Microsoft has their own tool called Weft, W-E-F-T, which if you Google that at all, you'll find that it's a terrible experience and nobody wants to use that program if they can possibly help it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just really difficult. And, um, but there is a, someone has created a tool that basically allows you to convert a true type to an embedded open type. And, and really all it's doing is, um, I, I think all it's doing is kind of wrapping some things around the true type, allowing IE to, you know, see that it's an embedded open type and use it. Right. Uh, it doesn't have all the features. It's not. It's not linked to a specific domain. It's not compressed, and there's no automatic subsetting, which I think the Weft tool does. But um, so yes, so EOT is a true type format. Gotcha. And so when you do this, um, I guess this is a nice segue too into into what you're doing with the the at font face. Kit generator. Tell us a little bit about that and wh- how that started and what you've been doing with it. Um, it started um, about a month ago. Um, Jonathan Snook um, at snook.ca had written a blog post about his experiences converting fonts and getting them ready for font face. And I kind of took that as a challenge because he was describing this pretty lengthy process of creating all the different formats and getting them all ready. And, and I was thinking, you know, wouldn't that be nice to just have it be automatic? You just upload the font and it spits out what you need. And I knew I had the tools to do it. I just kind of needed to stitch it together. So 
that's how it started. And it was pretty basic. And um, every couple of days I get a request or I figure something out and have been modifying it pretty aggressively. Where today it's it works pretty well. The fonts render pretty well. And um, as far as I know, it supports most browsers. So it's it's been good. As far as you know, what does that mean? Did you? <laughs> that's not a very well, good test case scenario, now, is it? <laughs> you know, it's funny because I I I'm on a Mac and I launched Firefox, um, the latest version, three five five, I think it was, and and was looking at my own site, fontscroll.com, and I am using some font face fonts for the site itself, and they were not showing up in Firefox, and I could not figure out. <laughs> what was going on and i'm not sure i have um i'm thinking that it must be a bug because it's showing now and i can't reproduce the problem <laughs> yeah i'm on 355 and i'm on the site and I, I see every every beautiful font you got on there yeah i think it has to do have to, had to do with the fact that the font that i was displaying was actually installed on my system mm. and when i uninstalled it then it started rendering so i'm not sure if that's so, the case so what you're saying is it's still a murky water we're walking, we're going through here. It appears to be. Okay. Um, most of the browsers are are just getting their feet wet, and there seems to be some issues. Okay. I guess I can't say that about IE because they've been able to render fonts for a long time. It's just nobody's done it because who cares about EOT? I guess. Right. Gotcha. We talked about how long the site's been in place. It's been back uh, since January this year, but. What what do you intend to do with it? Like one of my questions, want to just stem around your startup processes. You know what this business is like. Do you have partners? You know mm-hmm. what kind of did you use any Web two O services to start the business? And where is Font Scroll at? And what is it? Uh, what do you plan to do with it? Um, I'm going to answer this probably roundabout. Um, I I started the site initially, um, as kind of a side project, just. Just for the heck of it, um, when I started, there was there were no plans. It was, you know, let's throw this together because I think it will be fun, and I would like to have this myself, kind of thing. Um, I have no partners. I built the entire thing myself. Um, it's all written in PHP uh, on top of Code Igniter framework. Um, I I actually had the ability to build the site the way I did because I had completely redesign my own font business website fonthead.com using the same framework and uh, utilities and so I thought well here I have everything I need I can pretty much build an, any other font site I want now because I've built it all um, as far as future plans go um, yeah I, I don't see it staying the way it is I think personally that and I don't know how much I should share my own business ideas, but I think that there's definitely, at least right now, a market for web fonts. And personally, I'm not convinced that Typekit um, is going to be that successful. <laughs> I could be wrong, okay. <laughs> but but the but the rental model for fonts just seems really odd to me when. And I suppose once the WAF format takes off and all the browsers are supporting the WAF, then then I'm sure Typekit's going to have more issues. But I don't see why um, why someone couldn't sell their own web 
font format packages. I mean, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm totally with you. It, there. I, I was actually one of my questions was that I wanted to talk to you about was, you know, how you felt, what were your feelings on subscription based models? I wasn't a name type kid, I guess, out uh, blatantly, but. Since you did, we'll go ahead and throw them in the mix. <laughs> you know right. uh, what your feelings were on these subscription-based font delivery services, because to me it just seemed like, why in the hell would I pay you X dollars per month to deliver a font to my website? From from one stance, you've got, you know, you've got a, a, another web service that could cripple the visual of your website if it goes down. You're you're basing the interface on somebody else's service being up. Just seems stupid to me for just on that part. Not even the right. licensing models and. The, you yeah. know whether you can embed it or not embed it if it's an open source font or, or what what have you that's just crazy so well, I, i'm compl- with you on that yeah i completely agree i mean who wants to rent when you can own and um and be as flexible as you want and keep it forever and that really it, it seems like there's an opening there because right. nobody's pursuing that for some reason so so it and i think like it's might, sorry go ahead yeah and i think it's pursuable um you know the Typekit, in a positive sense, has kind of shown the way as far as you know what's acceptable for um, font vendor. You know what they're going to accept as far as obfuscation and you know making it difficult for users to pull the fonts out and use them. Um, and I think that same technology could be used more broadly and say you know uh, when you buy this font, you're going to get you know, an embedded open type, and you're going to get um, to a set of, you know, it's a whole package. It's, you know, normally when you buy a font, you get one font, and it works, and you do whatever you want with it. But I think with this whole web thing, you're going to need, like, 10 files per font, wow. <laughs> unfortunately. But, um, Actually, how does that work out little- to be on, like, the network hits and stuff like that? Like, whenever you use... Since I'm not really familiar with the technical parts of when when you actually make the the HTTP call to that font, how does that uh, how does that work out if you have multiple different files to to support a font and then multiple browsers? How's that well, uh, How's that in terms of like network hits and stuff like that? Right. Um, from what I understand, which I could be wrong, but I, from my understanding, is that um, it it picks up the first font it can download or understands and uses that and then stops so from the cascade like that paul irish is talking about you don't get multiple hits you you know um safari and firefox download the true type font only and internet explorer only downloads the eot because that's all they understand um gotcha that makes sense Okay, so, uh, so with Font School then, you, you talked about, you kind of spun into Typekit there and, and subscription-based. So it sounds like you have some sort of subscription-based idea or a way to, to actually charge for some of the services you're providing on Font School? I don't. In fact, it's all free, and I plan to keep it free. I think that um, there's definitely, I guess what I'm saying is there's potential for font vendors themselves to sell like web only versions of their fonts um say you know here's a website where um you could get <laughs> your own a website where you can only purchase fonts that are designed for the web right i guess that's what i'm trying to say um but no i mean that hasn't materialized yet 
Um, but I certainly see it as a uh, definite possibility. It sounds like some of your background has been in the 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 passion of design, the passion of you know of loving typography and loving various types of font faces. Having started uh, Fonthead, mm-hmm. um, since that's since that's sort of your your spin on business, how do you plan to take? What is your plan of attack, I guess, on font foundries and getting them to see this light and start participating in what you're doing? You're asking how I'm going to convince them that they should start that, doing this. That they should start doing it, <laughs> right? What do you? Because um, I see. Well, the reason why I ask is I see some pretty popular ones out there that are on your set already. So like Scriptina, Saginaw, Angelina. Um, I'll, I'll yeah, okay, butcher well, the name Yanon Cavastaz, Monica, and even one from John Hicks, a, a well-known designer out there, Hill House. So I right. see that you've done some late work there. Was that part of you, or was that part of them? And how involved yeah. are they? Oh, I see what you're asking. Um, any fonts that are on Font Scroll right now um, have had really no involvement of the original designers. Um, the the fonts on Font Scroll. Um, I took the liberty of interpreting their license, and if if it appeared that the license was flexible enough to allow font face embedding, then you know I turned on that flag and rendered fonts for them. Um, you know, many of these fonts have been around for a long time. Their licenses are pretty um, liberal, really, and it, it's very possible that I'm distributing fonts in a way that that um, would go against maybe what the original author intended. But from my interpretation of the licenses, um, you know, I've kind of taken the liberty of distributing alternate web versions of them. That, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and so, yeah, I haven't used a- any Foundry's um, permission, so to speak, except for what they've already stated in their license. Gotcha. And uh, I guess then, so what is the, to elongate well, me, that, that, that question more is, what is your outreach then to foundries to start taking some of their commercial fonts and providing embeddable web versions or, you know, low-cost license version of them and possibly even working with you on Font Squirrel? Right. Uh, the, <laughs> um, that's a really good question and one that I'm exploring now. I, and I'm not sure how to answer that question. Okay. <laughs> well, t- I mean, ask me, ask me again, like. Uh, backwards. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. See, backwards. <laughs> you want to know, like, what's what's going to happen going forward as far as how how do you make money on this? Well, is I guess how to how to make money is definitely a good question. But I think first it comes from good content and some passion. Uh, you can't make money from something you, you didn't put your heart into. And people exactly. enjoy. So obviously, we've caught a little burn here where people are enjoying what you're doing. And I guess since you're the ambassador of this, and you're and you're a you're a, uh, a font foundry yourself, right? With with Fonthead, is that not your you do you create and, fonts? It, I am, and in fact, you will find Fonthead fonts on Typekit. Yeah, so. that was another question. I was like, you know, what are you doing to? Because I didn't even realize I, I didn't know that you had Fonthead. I I wasn't right. even aware of that. And even before that, um, earlier this summer, um, I changed the license for Fonthead fonts so that you can actually use Fonthead fonts for font face without any other restrictions. So 
Um, you know, I'm I'm jumping in with both feet. I think it's it would be silly for font foundries to snub their nose at at this opportunity, especially right. at this point in time when you know if you are a web designer, you you care about font base right now because it's it's a really hot topic. I did some thinking on the question that I asked you that you that you had a difficult time answering, but here was what I thought about. I mm-hmm. thought that making uh, you know these foundries that have paid versions of their fonts, taking them and making a web embedded version of them that's free for personal and commercial use, expose that to some of these really hot designers out there, and other, the license is only to use for embedded. But the the pitch is to get them to come back to the founder uh, the foundries to uh, buy that font for their print and you know web ver- or, or uh, other graphic design versions of them. So they get a, a web embedded version for free to use on their sites. As part of promotion, as just mm. part of way of allowing the community to spread this awesome, this awesome work they've done. But if you want to use it anywhere else, you have to buy a license or buy the font. Yeah, that that's a great idea. Uh, I think the issue right now with Font Squirrel is the the tone that I've set for it being that the fonts that are on Font Squirrel are not just um, font face. And maybe the site needs to move this direction, but the the fonts are available for whatever application you want to use it for. Um, there's no restriction on how you use it. Like there are some web fonts out there. Um, I'm going to say it wrong, but it's called Groblo. <laughs> there's a certain there's a there's a. I'm going to look it up right now. There is somebody distributing. And more than one people, more than one person actually distributing fonts that they say it is free for um, font face use. But if you want to use it for anything else, then yes, you need to purchase a license. And yeah, I, I suppose that there's a, uh, that would be a good marketing tool. Um, I think I would need to reposition Font Squirrel in order to do that because of the way that I'm, you know, I'm advertising it as being pretty open as far as what the usages are. Right. You know what I mean? So I think there are definitely fonts that I would have liked to have included but didn't because the license attached to them was restricted like only to font face or right along those lines. So right now the the font is actually the the site is actually twofold then. So you have free fonts available for that for for commercial use in whatever medium you want to choose. And then you have a separate uh mix of fonts within font scroll that are available as well as font face kits is that right yeah and, and that's true and font scroll is suffering from kind of a split personality in that way because um font face was kind of added on later um, um however i you know like along the lines of your thinking um i see that as another opportunity to um, better define what font scroll is if we decided to go more into the font face direction, um, which I think is maybe a really good idea. Maybe the you know maybe in the future um, that'll be more the focus of the site. Right now, it's it's working well, um, you know, and it's it needs to be refined some. But all right, well, no pressure, no pressure, just. Uh... <laughs> I just see you're doing something really cool, and I, I want to see it go further. That's obviously why I wanted to sit down and talk with you. I was really intrigued by your, your particular take on this this kind of scenario and what you've done to solve the solve the problem for a lot of designers. 
Uh, in fact, right. the web2ocean.com sports a font from uh, from your um, from your site. Uh, I think it's called Voltron. Vol- Volcron. It's a nice serif font. Uh, it looks very similar to Georgia, which is why I chose it. Yes. Yeah, it's a nice font. Yeah, Volcorn. Volcorn. Okay. And so, yeah, I decided to use that. I like the I like the numbers. I like the way that. Uh, that it looked, it was very similar to Georgia, so I, went, I didn't want to do something that was so, you know, much different. Sure. To be blatant, so I wanted it to be similar to to Georgia, but not quite there. Right. So, uh, Ethan, I guess uh, you, you told us about Fonthead. You told us about FontScore.com and what you're doing there. What is uh, what is unannounced on the near horizon for you that you have not told anybody else, but you want to tell our audience? Yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah, that's super secret. All right, it's super secret to me. <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm feeling my way around in the dark here, kind of like everyone else. Um, I feel kind of lucky to be in the position I'm in, um, but you know, capitalizing on that as a business um, is a little murky at the moment. Um, but I think that you will see in the future um, either. Part of Font Squirrel or a spinoff where we will have a bunch of font foundries um, ready to sell their web only fonts. So that's where I'm. That's where I'm headed. I like that sound. <laughs> good stuff. That's good. And it's not going to be rental. It's going to be you buy them and you own them and you use them the way you want. So gotcha. Awesome. All right, so if anybody wants to check out FontScore, they can go to FontScore.com. That's, uh, I won't even try and spell Squirrel. I actually learned how to spell Squirrel because I've visited your site so much. It's kind of well, cool. it's funny. You know, uh, Isn't if it you spelled differently? Wrong... Is it spelled differently? Is it the typical Squirrel way of spelling things? Uh, I, I hope I spelled it right. But if you type it wrong, for instance, into Google, um, you will find me still. <laughs> it is funny looking at my logs. How many different ways you can spell squirrel? Yeah, I, I don't think I've actually ever spelt the word squirrel. Uh, I'm not sure if I ever did it. Uh, maybe and perhaps. A few times, yeah, perhaps but... that wasn't the greatest name for uh, for internet marketing purposes. But it is. Um, uh, it's my okay, personality. <laughs> so you also uh, you also are on Twitter as well. You're pretty active on Twitter. Um, I I've been pretty active lately. Describing my um, progress with the font face generator, um, that's been, uh, you know, I've been updating tweets quite a, quite a bit, talking about um, where I'm at as far as the progress I'm making with the generator. I mean, there have been a lot of issues, especially on Windows, um, and I I know I'm making this longer than your question, but I, but really the the bottleneck seems to be right now with with Windows itself and and how it displays fonts, um, Internet Explorer in particular. Of course, I'm a Mac user, so I'm somewhat biased by how nicely anti-aliased the fonts are, and you know, on the system. But uh, and, and let me back up. Um, the Mac system itself um, takes fonts. And as far as I know, does not use the the hinting that is in, you know usually um, uh, embedded within the font. The hinting 
in a font basically is instructions to the rasterizer to tell it how to fit the you know the vector outlines onto a grid. You know, if you ever notice you know really small type looking pretty bad, um, <clears throat> it's probably because it wasn't hinted or um, you know oftentimes you'll see the counters and letters globbed together or right, yeah they sort of just get all pixelated and nasty looking. Yeah, and Windows, but Windows um, really needs really good hinting um, for the fonts to look good, and that's a big problem with free fonts. You know, to do a really good job with hinting takes a lot of man hours and really specialized knowledge um, to do it right. Anyway, right. All the fonts now through the font generator, font face generator, um, go through an auto hinter, which does a pretty decent job now. Um, but you will still see some artifacts in, like, IE in particular. Okay. Which, so anyway, that's a long story about Twitter. <laughs> but that's kind of what I've been talking about lately and trying to really nail down is how the heck do you make these fonts look good in Windows because they just don't. And from what I understand, like, um, you know, the the font everybody uses for Dana, um, from what I understand, the designer um, started by drawing bitmaps and then vectors were drawn kind of around the bitmaps and then hinting was applied so that the vectors made <laughs> matched up the you know when they were rendered they looked like the bitmaps so right. it's it's a mess well, yeah we know windows has got some issues for sure you know that's the that's the thing too is that you know what we forget is um as as people that just scroll, scour through the internet and just our daily lives everywhere Everywhere there's type, everywhere there's typography, everywhere there's design, everywhere there's a brand. You know, some designers, you know, pledged his life and taken a long time to, you know, make it look as good as it does or maybe even as bad as it does in some cases. And that doesn't uh, fall short with fonts. I think fonts are a craft, an art form that uh, should not be understated, should, be, should definitely be paid for. But mm-hmm. for some of us, we want to use these fonts on the web, but we don't want to pay for them because – the web is a, a an environment where free is an acceptable price for everything pretty much and we expect that or some way to make it free so that we can use it and enjoy it but somehow pay for it later. So uh, Yeah, I agree. And uh, with, with fonts, I imagine, as you mentioned with the hinting, you've got you know, you to be a craftsman about it. You've got to do it right in order for it to look good in the end product and that takes yep. time. So that's, that's the reason why these, these foundries and these font artists uh, make the money they do and charge the, the license fees they do for their fonts. Well, especially with when you're talking, you know, high-end professional fonts. Yeah, they, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot more man hours in those fonts than you would ever realize. Oh, I, yeah, I, I totally bet. I, they probably they probably lose sleep over the curvature of the V forever. <laughs> you know. Well, or, it's not only that too, but especially now with um, um, fonts supporting Unicode and um, and all the open type features. I mean, these fonts can have just gazillions of characters and ligatures and alternate characters and stuff. So it's it's unbelievable that just the sheer number of glyphs in some of these fonts. It's I'm I'm usually I'm blown away. So cool. More work than I'd want to do. <laughs> awesome. Well, Ethan, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell the audience where they can find you at, both personally and professionally, uh, on Twitter, their your website, whatnot. Go ahead. Okay. Um, the website is fontsquirrel.com. And you can also find me on Twitter at fontsquirrel, one word. And uh, I look forward to chatting with you and hope you enjoy the fonts. Awesome. 
Well, Ethan, thank you very much for coming on the show. I definitely appreciate it. Thank you, Adam. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Web 2.0 Show. Be sure to check out web2oshow.com for links in the show notes or to leave a comment on the show. Thanks for listening.